is magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, author, feng shui consultant, and Akashic healer. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and inner child healing teacher. And this is a podcast about using magic and energy work as we bravely embrace the full range of the human experience. And this is a special questions only episode. That's right. We're here for the questions. Here to answer your questions, folks. Yeah. Tess is actually gone this week. Where I'm speaking to her from Ghost. the past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's why we just thought we actually record this early and do questions only. Mm-hmm. All right. So should we just get to it? Sure. Yeah. What's our first question? Okay, our first question is from Ron, and I'm just going to go ahead to the question. Okay, he says, I used to do tarot for money and would always tell customers that at the very least, a reading starts a process of self-examination. As far as reading for myself, I've seen manifestations of the cards in my material experience, sometimes in an unpleasant way, as predicted. My question is, how do you both view the force of one's free will as applied to what the cards might say or even what any divination or horoscope might predict how much does our free will come into play especially if we want to change negative outcomes all right okay i love this question before we get into answering it i want to well this is a part of answering it i want to say (laughs) that it really reminds me of this great uh twilight zone episode classic twilight zone episode with william shatner did you ever see it, Natasha, with the little like jukebox fortune telling thing on the tables in the diner? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to put it in the show notes. And okay. <laughs> it was like in the episode, you should watch it. I think it's a great teacher for this. It's like an answer really to this question because in the episode they get, he and this woman start getting very worried about all of these fortunes mm. they're getting because mm. they keep being, they start to get scared because they start to be true and then they start to get scary. And then William Shatner's character turns it around like, no, I get to, I get to choose. I get to be in charge of my fate. I don't have to be afraid mm. of this little fortune telling little thing. Mm. So I always remember that because I do feel like, with tarot and other, you know, divination systems. But tarot is a really kind of, it has more, as opposed to oracle cards, tarot is a little trickier, I think, as far Mm. as having a healthy relationship with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and being aware. Because like we've talked about how sometimes if I'm, if Ted and I are fighting and I decide right then I'm just really upset and I'm freaked out and I'm angry and I do a tarot reading, mm-hmm. it'll just show like, oh, this is the worst relationship. Like, this is awful. It's going in a bad direction. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. well, yeah, in that moment, that's what's happening. Yeah. So stuff like like where if I were just to be like, oh, well, that's what the tarot says. It's got to be true. It's like totally divorced from any energy that I'm experiencing in this particular moment. It's just that this is the thing about the, the magical spiritual path, maybe the spiritual path in general is it's just not, it, there's just so much nuance. Mm-hmm. It's always, we always have to be aware of the polarities of like how we intuitively feel based on messages we're getting from the world. And then, yeah, being aware of our ability also to shift conditions, to shift what we experience in the future, to manifest what we want. So I think the answer really is 
to tune into your intuition above all else. Because I sometimes will also do a tarot reading and just be like, no, I don't, I'm not, I'm not agreeing with that. I'm not, that doesn't feel right to me. Or maybe there's something there that is representing a fear or representing a possibility, but not necessarily a possibility that I have to just accept. Yeah. I mean, I could go on about this, but I feel like, if you're going to it with this sense of control, needing control, then it's just going to skew everything, like your information, um, what's possible for you. I mean, basically, this is why when I do the energy report, for instance, I really just feel into the energy of it and not this is specifically what's going to happen like for everybody and watch out. It's like there is so much nuance. It is more general. And I think like the old school way of looking at this kind of thing was like, oh, there's fortune tellers who can definitely predict the future. And, (laughs) and if you, you have to prove yourself. Are you one of those? If you're a tarot reader, like I feel like it's like an old school way of looking at it, and it doesn't. Well, also like TV shows and movies because yes. it is yeah. fun and dramatic when it's like, yeah. oh, well, the fortune teller said a bad thing would happen, and then it happened. You yeah, know? It's like yeah, but I I do think it's it's a language to feel into the energy, whether you're doing a reading or um, like a predictive kind of reading or like what's going to happen with this. I mean, I always tell people if they ever ask me that, I'm like, I don't tell the future. Like, I just don't tell the future. I look into the energy of the moment. And again, with the energy report, it's like a week ahead. And even that, it's just like, okay, this is the trend. This is where it's going, where the momentum is. But that's it. You know, like things can change. Yes, you definitely have agency over your life. I believe the power is in your, the power is in the moment and in your, um, it's up to you. Now, of course, you can't like change the world. Like, for instance, like let's the war, for instance, like there's a lot of momentum going towards war because there's a lot of energy with whatever that, you know, Putin who's like doing. So it's like, you can't change that, you know, but you can change your own reality, like how you look at things. And then of course things just happen. It's just like, we don't have the, we don't have control. We want it. And that's a lot of times why, people want readings because <clears throat> they want control but and i have control toward uh, we have control over some things we just yeah. don't have it over everything yeah we have control over how we look at things how we approach things um what decisions we make based on that and behaviors. the frequency at which we're vibrating i mean that is how magic works we do have yeah. somehow an ability to manifest well, even that's tricky because it's like Yes, we have control over the frequency, um, but if you're having a lot of feelings and you try to control your frequency right. and you can't do that. You're exactly. Just gonna, That's what I mean by nuance. Yeah. It's like yeah. finding, and I hope that all of the talking that we do in the podcast <laughs> helps to over time help you understand that it it's a it is a moment to moment awareness and there's a lot of different um just different currents of energy, um, mm-hmm. different things to be aware of, feeling yeah. all your feelings, but then also being aware when you can, okay, now I I, I think I'm ready to shift into a different yes, feeling exactly. now. Yeah. And I mean, like I've said this a million times before, but like, for instance, when 
Brett's dad died the week before he was trying to debate going and I felt into it and I was like oh he needs to go now because it did feel like his dad's energy was going to pass over like that's the momentum now you could say oh I predicted the future but I was just feeling into the where the momentum of the energy was going you know whenever people are like I have this psychic who predicts the future I'm like that's that would be really amazing if that's Mm -hmm. true and I'm sure sometimes that person is right Mm because they probably feel into the energy but yeah I just I do believe mostly in uh, yes, we have free will. And and I do get like maybe defensive about how it, <laughs> I'm just going to call everything patriarchal, but it does feel like <laughs> the way that, um, I feel like it's the way that patriarchy would look at this kind of work at tarot. Like, it's like, right. give me the answers. Give yeah. me the <laughs> And Either you result. know or you don't know. Exactly. Like, yeah. this is it. I want the results. This is me being a man. Um, <laughs> You're probably a white the man. patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that it's actually way more powerful and true, the more feminine way of, like, feeling into the energy, feeling into, okay, how can I not control it by, like, changing my vibration, but feeling my feelings and then choosing the path like what you just yeah, said being compassionate with myself opening yes. my heart to it like yes. what can I learn how can I learn to be even more gentle with myself you know yeah. like all of those things that are valuable that aren't like what's going to happen for sure yeah. yeah it feels like just how we've been indoctrinated into that culture of like end results and then it, it seeps into <laughs> that and then also it's not real if you don't have these end results, it's they're just a fake if they don't if they can't tell you the future, you right. know, it's like, well, instead okay. of is it helpful? I mean, do you find value and and support in it instead of like, is it true or not? And I mean, I really think it's less likely to be true if people are I mean, unless I'm sure maybe in the world there exists like a being of light who is able to timeline hot maybe and see but even then there's so many possible futures how could we and if that is up to you so yeah, yeah. but i do think you can see things like oh you feel a little stuck right now or oh, oh you yeah could, exactly you yeah. know maybe there's something new there for you to start trying or moving out of your comfort zone or it looks like um right. like a relationship is on the horizon for you because that's something that your heart's opening to right now like those currents of energy that are there that we can recognize and become aware of yeah exactly like some or like a bait sometimes i will see like a baby being who wants to come in or something like that that like but then again it's like okay i'm seeing it but that doesn't mean everything will absolutely align for that to completely happen i mean that's up to you yeah so anyway all right didn't mean to get better there at the end. But I do get mad when I hear, like, to, not from this question, but, like, from media and stuff. Like, Yeah, I didn't think you were better. Okay. Uh, Howard Stern really makes me mad. I don't listen to him anymore. Oh, I'm yeah, you used to love him, I thought. I did. I loved him. He's just gotten really bad with diet culture. I mean, oh, he's yeah. always been bad, but he yeah. I just made me he's I'm noticing it more. <gasps> so fatphobic. With mm-hmm. himself, too. 
Oh yeah, but, no, but totally. Just, That's how I feel about my dad. Is I'm like, mm. it makes me mad, but then I'm like, oh, this is how you're being to yourself. Yeah, but he's also like, he hates psychics, and like, he's like, they're all oh, frauds. Right. That's so funny because I was just thinking this morning about how I have a Bill Maher in my head. That's kind of always making fun of me. Oh yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I love Bill Maher. I love mm. Bill Maher, but I That's can see funny. him like, you know, just yeah. scoffing at oh. me. I used to love Bill Maher. He seems also very. Like condescending, yeah. No, I still kind love of thing. him. I just have so much love in my heart for him. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, <laughs> I used to. All right, so we have another question from Stephanie. Hi, Tessa Natasha. I would love to hear if anyone relates to this and your thoughts on this topic because I'm trying to work through my feelings and boundaries towards my narcissistic father. Oh my god, I think we actually talked about this in the last episode mm. around forgiveness. We mm-hmm. talked about this. Okay. Yeah. So thinking about forgiveness. To be honest, that word is a trigger for me. Oh my god. We exactly talked yeah, about this. All right. Totally. Okay. My father would always tell us how we have to forgive. It's in the Bible. Plus, it really works well to let him off the hook every time he vaguely and inaccurately apologized and then right back to repeating the same abusive behavior. It may not seem like it sometimes, but I feel like I do forgive my father. I still have anger for his actions and how they impacted me and my siblings, but generally, I know he has his own issues and also is not going to change. So I have a level of peace with it. But I feel like that forgiveness has to be paired with distance. Because when I have too much contact with him, he inevitably abuses it. And I find myself in an angry and unforgiving place. So the forgiveness I have for my dad comes with boundaries. It also comes with a releasing of any expectations of positive things I could get from him, which is a sad place to be. Anyway, have either of you experienced this forgiveness entailing distance? This is exactly what we totally talked about and how I feel where exactly where it's like if you guys listen have been listening to the podcast the last few weeks you're probably like what are you talking about you don't forgive your mom (laughs) at all Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I do I actually feel like I do in the way where it's not like I'm continually like oh you did this to me and now I can't be okay it's not like that it's more like lately it's more of an awareness of like let me just be so aware of the that abusive dynamic that I can take care of myself and go, oh, that wasn't right. I didn't deserve that. And this is the effect of it. This is how it manifested. Like getting clear on it is different than harping on it or giving my power away to it. And that's what I mean by I do feel like I have forgiven, like I've transcended it in many ways, but I don't want to have contact with my mom and yeah. I just it feels toxic it feels unhealthy there's no there the only dynamic that she's okay with is the dynamic that does not in any way feel okay to me it doesn't feel safe to me it doesn't feel healthy I don't feel good yeah. so for me I just I don't, I'm not gonna have a relationship with her because I, yeah. I also don't in any yeah. way expect her to change. I think the problem, I mean, I said this last episode, but I'll just say it again. The problem with forgiveness and narcissism is that for so long, the narcissist, well, the the narcissist blames the child. And then it's like up to the child 
when you look at it as forgiveness, like, oh, no, I have to forgive. It's once again, giving your power to them like, oh, I'm not OK unless I forgive. I'm not a good person. Unless I say unless you're I OK. Forget. Like, it's all OK with me that you do those things to me. Like, that's but not even than- that. But yes, also that. But I do think there's like, especially with mothers, but in general with family, there's a big thing where like, why can't you just forgive them and move on? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't you just do that? So I think even with that, it's like not just that it's OK, but like um, that you're OK with it. Like you're OK. Mm-hmm. You're every. But yeah, you're right. Also, like that they're OK. Like just be Permission. nice. Yeah. Permission give- to do that to me is that that's not the same as forgiveness. <clears throat> yeah. And also, you don't have to forgive if you're not ready to forgive. Right. Like That will happen. I mean, it would be surprising to me if that didn't happen for somebody after they really, um, I mean, I don't know. I was going to say after they really took care of, like, loved on those parts, told their inner child, like, you have every right to feel all your anger. You have every right to feel whatever you feel. Um, The thing, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just feeling into the energy of it. And it's like, in this specific example, it's like the pressure to forgive really cuts you off from being able to experience your own experience and just mm-hmm. let yourself be where you are. And if that requires boundaries, that is not at odds with forgiving somebody. I know it may look like it on paper, but like it seems counterintuitive. But yes, you can genu- genuinely feel like, okay, they did it. It's over. But I'm taking care of myself. I don't need to hold this anymore. And of course, I'm not going to invite them back into my life. Why would I do that? Then I would just have more things to forgive again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if maybe that word is it's just not okay. It, it's just used up in a, in a like, like how there's all that baggage connected with the word God. Yeah. That I wonder if forgiveness yeah. maybe is like that. That maybe an- another way to think of it instead of that word would be like taking your power back. I think that's how I think of it is taking my power back so that it's not I'm not still tied up in thinking I can't be ever be okay because you did this to me. Yes. I can still be like, oh, that had a big effect on me and let me get clear on it. Let me heal myself from it and let me feel righteous anger about it. That's all part of the process. But I think maybe forgiveness, that word, is just yeah. has too much baggage there. Yeah. But well, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I do feel like as far as feeling like toward, I, I do feel like I can tap into her true self that is beyond all of the abuse, for example. And like, because I do, I send her good energy every day. Like I send mm-hmm. her blessings and love and light mm-hmm. every day almost. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's like I'm wishing bad things no, for her, even though know. I'm like, but I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not going to spend time with you in, in the world. Yeah, that is a thing that people think, I think, like if you're forgiving somebody, then you let, then you also forget that is that Bible yeah. thingy. And it's like, no. It's important not to forget because then you're going to not set appropriate boundaries. That would just not be smart. Well, also, I remember my therapist, my childhood therapist, Pat, who taught me so many great Mm -hmm. things. I remember him talking about how there is a confusion with when someone says, I'm sorry, how when you say it's okay. Like mm. he was like, it. That, it's not always okay, but you can still like 
take that, you know, say thank you for saying when someone says I'm sorry, you can say thank you. Mm-hmm. But when you say it's okay, it is kind of teaching yourself like that means, oh, it's okay that you're doing that to me and it's when it's really not. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also just thinking about like another scenario where like someone was attacked by a stranger, let's say. Like it, I imagine that would be harder to forgive the person because you can't like, for instance, in our case, like tap into the true essence of my mother and know like, okay, that was her ego letting it go. You don't know that person. I bet it would be harder, but that doesn't mean that you can't love on your inner child, love on yourself and, you know, move beyond it and let go of thinking about them maybe or let go, you know, but forgiving them is like it almost feels to me like it is this religious it has religious baggage to it because like why do you you don't have to it's like kind of almost like um again (laughs) obsessed with the patriarchy feels like good women forget like it feels like mm-hmm. a like almost like mother mary kind of energy like i know it's a yeah. jesus thing because jesus forgave and but that's also but I mean, it, I do it feel is like this puritanical to that's the jesus story of oh he yeah. let people put him on the cross and yeah that's torture true. him and he but... just loved them all through it i mean it's like is that really healthy a healthy like <laughs> archetype I mean, I do. When I was little, I really did tap into that. Actually, when he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I, for some reason, understood that, like at a young age. Like, I remember feeling like, oh, yeah, they just have no idea what they're doing. Like, they just don't know. And I guess that's so true with the attacker. Like, he, they're just lost in their own stories. But that doesn't mean you have to, like, love them and welcome them into your home. It's just like, okay. I think the most important thing is taking care of yourself. And then whatever comes up from that, if it's coming from a nurturing, self-compassionate place, will be the best thing. Yeah, I guess also maybe part of the baggage of that word is like the the sense that they're they're more important than you. Like they know that they're forgiven by you because that's important for them. It's like start with you and your feelings and and thinking of it as like letting go of the energetic charge that is siphoning energy from you yeah and i think when people are like well why don't you just forgive them they must have their own baggage about needing to forgive somebody like it's just not the point like forgiveness is nice when it happens sure that's great that's a feeling of love and okay but that's I think the most important thing I have already said this is just taking care of yourself and your boundaries and yes those twos are not at odds yeah boundaries are so important with an abuser as yeah that was your question okay so should I read one go ahead okay so this question is from Jen and she asks what can magical people do to help Ukraine you want me to go yes Okay. Well, I'll just say that I don't think, well, okay, I guess she's asking specifically magical people. I mean, one thing I have been doing definitely is just sending tons of light. I've been Mm -hmm. doing, I talked about this last podcast, but this episode, uh, this meditation I've been doing where there's just so much light and I've been pouring light into it. Um, But I also think 
this is true for anybody. I have just been setting myself a lot of boundaries to take care of myself. And I consider that magical hygiene, like Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. like limiting what I'm reading because there is so little I can do. You know, I've donated, you know, a lot and, um, and that's all I can do. I knew, listen, I'm very upset about everybody, the children, the people, but I started seeing animals a lot and I was like, no, I cannot tolerate this. Like I will not, because that just happens to be my pain point. Not that I love animals more than humans, but maybe I do. Um, (laughs) It's easier for me to have compassion for animals. That's for sure. Yeah, I understand that too. And so I just, um, yeah, have really put up a lot of boundaries. I won't look at it. I just, if I'm scrolling, I scroll right past it unless it's like I'm donating money. So that's really, and you know, yeah. And just like, I actually also send light to Putin and all the world leaders because I'm just hoping that if he gets that, (laughs) maybe it'll awaken him to doing something. I don't have a lot of hope for that, but you know. That's what I do. Yeah, I think this is the answer. Calling on, and and I will add calling on angels or calling on divinities that you feel connected with. You could light candles, certainly send light, um, send love, and then take action in the physical world as you feel guided. And I think totally also just want to echo what Natasha said about also setting boundaries, remembering, you know, you can do what you can do. And it's not going to be helpful to the world for you to be suffering, missing out on the daily blessings of your life, you know, neglecting your self-care. That's not going to help. So take care of yourself and set boundaries and then send love and take action as you feel guided. Yeah, I think this is true um, for every terrible situation. Right. Yep. You know, uh, even like... I'm constantly bombarded, uh, well, I, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but I'm just constantly aware of all the anti-trans laws against kids that are happening all the time, and having a trans daughter that's, like, really, war, you know, very worrying to me, but if I was just going to, like, lose myself in it, then I would drain my energy, and I wouldn't be any help to her. Right. So you just have to have boundaries around any kind of thing. Going. But also feel your feelings mindful. Yes, like, it's yes, like don't yes. ignore that if it's like, oh, that just hit me. Like the other day when Ted was telling me, he showed me this video of a Russian soldier who had surrendered and don't tell Ukrainians about it. I were giving him. Know. Okay. Yeah. It was, well, it was actually sweet because the oh, Russians okay. were supporting him and giving uh, him food and taking care of him. But oh, it's good. still like, I was just like, oh, <laughs> like I felt the feelings of it. When it yeah. hits you, breathe into it, allow it. And you can remember that self-compassion affirmation by Dr. Kristen Neff, which is this is a moment. You place your hand on your heart. This is a moment of suffering. Suffering is a part of life. May I be kind to myself. Yeah. So and even though like you may think, well, my suffering isn't as bad as their suffering. It's like, but Mm -hmm. it's still suffering. You can still be compassionate and you can still because that that affirmation, you acknowledge the feeling, 
you choose to be kind to yourself, you remember that everyone else suffers. It just helps your feelings to move, to be there. So your heart's open. So you feel connected. So you're not cutting yourself off from your feelings. You can have mindful heartache. Yeah. That's a really important part. Thanks for noting that. All right. Do you want to answer another question? Sure. So we also have one other question from Jen. Oh. Is it really true you should use a snuffer because blowing out candles dissipates the energy slash intention? Yeah. What do you think about that? I think it's not true. So I have read this uh, information that people say when you do a spell or you light a candle for magic, never blow it out because it (laughs) dissipates the energy. You should always use a snuffer. I just don't find that to be the case. I blow it out. When I blow it out, I don't think, oh, I'm blowing out the magic. I think, oh, the magic's going where it needs to go. It just has to do with your intention. But... If every time you blow out a candle, you're like, you just can't help but think of or tune into the dynamic of, oh, I'm blowing out the power of the magic, then yeah, use a snuffer for sure. Yeah, that's simple, simple answer. Because I had never heard that before and I never felt that. And then once I had heard that, I did buy a snuffer. But honestly, the snuffers are kind of a pain in the ass for yeah, the long because they when I have the long candles and then they're at the bottom, it's like it drips the, the it drips the wax and it like I don't know. And I find there to be power in blowing it out because I feel oh, nice. kind of like I'm using my breath to tr- blow it out to where it needs to go. Like yeah, it's dissipating in the positive way. It's going oh, where it needs that's to go. Good. Yeah, it's intention. Okay, do you want to answer? I mean. Jen did have one more question. She did? I thought yeah. we were going to do two of hers. Well, Oh, right. More. Oh, no, no. She did have demons. Thoughts? Yeah. That thoughts was on demons. Question. What are our thoughts on demons? Mm, well, you were saying that you were just thinking about demons. So I'm curious what you have to say. <laughs> well, I was thinking, what I was thinking was, it's so interesting that I actually really do believe in demons. Oh, you do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but not like when I was a kid. Like when I was a kid, my mom with the demons. And then when I was a teenager, my aunt with the demons, like, oh, demons. Like, they just acted like it was the worst, scariest. Mm. Like, that person is possessed by demons. It was like this oh, horrible yeah. thing. Uh-huh. But it's interesting because my own personal spiritual path, I'm not interacting with demons. Yeah. <laughs> but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have been now a professional magical person for over 10 years and I have met a lot of different magical practitioners and some of them, mm-hmm. maybe some of you who are listening, mm-hmm. <laughs> actually invoke demons to oh. do various things mm. and or encounter demons. Mm. But it, they, they use the word demon. I don't know exactly what the demons are because I also recently read um, – this really great book that comes out in the fall. I got to read it before it came out, but it's The Witch's Guide to the Paranormal by J. Mm. Allen Cross. We've got to have him on the show to talk about this Mm. on the show again. But Mm -hmm. in that book, I, I don't know if he talked about demons specifically, but he did talk about how like if people, because he's a paranormal investigator. And he, if people are like, they all get this idea maybe that this particular bar is haunted by a guy named Joe that then everyone will suddenly be like, Oh yeah, Joe. And we saw Joe and he looks like this and he, you know, and that 
he said he doesn't know why, but even if there never was a guy named Joe, it's just like people's belief in this yes. particular ghost will start to. So I, I think, I think in some cases that there's something about that because there's also this magician, really awesome, interesting author and um, ceremonial magician named Lon Milo Duquette. Mm. I've met him a couple of times. I've read some of his books and I really respect him. He's very, I think he's like the head of the Golden Dawn and he's like a Freemason. I mean, he's so interesting. He's a baby boomer. Mm-hmm. But he actually calls on demons to mm. do various magical things. And he mm-hmm. says in his books that there are aspects of you, like there are aspects of your consciousness that you are actually like going to order to do certain things, mm. to change certain things. That He has one book that's called like, it's all in your head. You just don't know how big your head is or something like that. Wow. So just I, this was kind of my thought process when I was just – you know, thinking about demons. Yeah. <laughs> we should have a segment. Thinking about <laughs> demons. That's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> that he, <laughs> that I was thinking about how, like, are they, what are they? I don't know. But also, I think sometimes there are energies like in the earth. Like my friends who are uh, traditional witches, they talk about like going down into the underworld and mm. encountering certain earth beings, mm-hmm. which not, I don't, I wouldn't think of those as being demons in the Christian sense, yeah. but I think maybe some people call them that, like some kind of uh, consciousness or energy that has certain kind of earthy qualities, maybe not all love and light qualities Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but anyway i just think there's a lot of stuff going on in the invisible realm and Mm -hmm. that something called demons is probably part of it yeah i mean i agree with you i think every there's everything and that's interesting to me that he said that it's a part of you because i'm sure we we contain all the things but as far as a separate entity um energy yeah i'm sure it exists and i think it's the same thing as intention like that seems to be the theme here it's like if you're not worried about it it doesn't matter <laughs> like it's not gonna um this thing outside of you right that it's not gonna come for you it's like very similar to i haven't encountered a demon in my work but like when i have done readings for people that have had encounters with shadow people is what they call them or um, aliens or something like this. Generally speaking, if you're not, if you're just like, no, thank you, they go. Again, the power is in the moment. The power is in your consciousness in the moment. So like if you're very clear, oh, I'm not worried about you, but please, you're not allowed here. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think I'm just getting this information now that that kind of demonic energy I feel like would definitely have to be it's like it has to be summoned on purpose yeah it doesn't just like show up um unless you're really vibrant I'm just getting this thing of like or summoned in some kind of way where like if you're really having like I don't know like Sometimes people with schizophrenia, I think, sometimes have a lot of entities around them mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they have a lot of their energy is kind of going out into a, um, like, 
it's kind of outside their consciousness. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm explaining this well, but it's like they are calling it in in some way that they aren't aware of. I'm not, um, I mean, I'm not um, judging them or saying they're bad, but I just, it's almost like a similar energy to when someone does a lot of psychedelics and they have like, go into bad trips a lot or something it open or even just regular trips it like opens up their energy in this other way that allows in a lot of entities i'm not saying demons but just like that i saw one somebody once who did a lot of drugs and like that's why these yes. these shadow people were coming around cuz like yeah. on some level he was just so he had no boundaries um so it's that kind of thing. But I do think with this demonic energy, it's like you do definitely, it's like you are in that world. But it's as easy as shutting the door, too, if you haven't been, like, purposefully doing it for a while. You'd have to separate and that kind of thing. Yeah, but while you're talking about that, like, having that opening, maybe not a conscious, like, mm-hmm. I'm choosing to open yes. the demons or call them, but I'm thinking about, like, my mom and my aunt, when they were obsessed, when they kind of talked to me about their obsession with demons and like spiritual warfare, I feel like that can be its own kind of invitation in a way because it's like this feeling of I'm so disempowered. I'm so at the mercy. It's like it's weird because they're at the same time that they're like, oh, we can banish these demons. They're also yeah. kind of being in fear of that and being like conscious yes, of that. Yeah, and yeah. It's so a lot I of like, yeah. I think there are various boundaries. ways you can open up, but yes. definitely not something to be afraid of because when you cultivate the sense of groundedness, connection, you know, calling on the divine or angels in a way that feels powerful for you, knowing your own spiritual authority and having good magical hygiene, it's just like doesn't have to be something that you're living in fear of. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so do you want to answer another question? Yes, let's do another one. So this one's from Karen. Sometimes I dream and the people in them are complete strangers. I've never met or seen these people. Who are they? I know you probably don't know, but just wondering (laughs) if maybe some insight as to why, if you have maybe some insight as to why I see these people. Um, So I, I usually have complete strangers or celebrities and Mm. hardly ever anybody I know. I didn't even realize that most people don't have celebrities in their dreams. Do Mm. you? Sometimes. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's almost every time. <laughs> like, who did, what are some celebrities you dreamt of? Recently? Oh, boy. I mean, um, <laughs> oh, gosh, I can't believe I'm not thinking of it right now. Just like any, I mean, Conan comes to mind recently. Um, That's weird that you said him first, because remember how I had that dream that we were in love, like, forever oh, ago? Yeah. And then I always had this, like, after that, for a long time, I felt like he was an ex-boyfriend of mine. Like, it felt like oh such a real God. dream. That's so That's funny. why I still, he's the only celebrity I have a crush on. Is That's so funny. Conan. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't, for some reason, none of, the, it's usually if I was, like, watching a show. I think Jeremy Renner was in my dream the other night. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it just really runs the gamut. Probably based on whatever TV show I'm watching at mm. the moment. But I think a lot of times in our dreams, 
it just represents ourselves, but different, you know, parts of our psyche, different child parts or other parts that are talking to us. Um, and yeah, it kind of doesn't matter if it's the person or not the person. I think sometimes that's the case. And then sometimes I feel like I have dreams where I'm actually connecting with certain people oh, that yeah. I know yeah. or that have died. Like it's sometimes there's death, the soul yeah. and then sometimes it's like a composite or it's my brain kind of processing stuff. Yeah. I mean, with dead people, it feels like it's real. Like that's my experience. Like Often. you feel like, yeah, if you, I mean, if they are visiting you, if they're visiting you, it feels like, oh my God, that felt like that really happened. Right. That's like you usually know. a visit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not a dream expert. But to me, it doesn't seem weird that you would have strangers. I, like I said, I have strangers all the time. Do you? Uh, no. I mean, I feel like hmm. every once in a while, like what she's describing, I, th- I feel like what she's describing, at least I'm tuning into it as mm-hmm. that she's feeling this as like, this is a being, like I'm connecting with this personality and I've never seen this person. And mm. that doesn't happen to me super often maybe it does kind of but I think sometimes sometimes they're composites and sometimes I wonder if there may be like alternate Mm. um like people you know in an alternate timeline or mm -hmm. maybe someone you knew in a past life or maybe like someone you know in this life but it's a different like Mm. a way that you knew them in a different life yeah that could be I could see that if that's what she meant I think the answer that we're just generally coming to is we don't know, mm. but we have some thoughts mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And trust <laughs> your we, intuition. We're happy to share. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. One last question, right? Mm, I yes. think. Is there, oh, yeah. Okay. You so this is it? from Morwenna. Is it bad luck to keep a broken object? Can I repair it or just let it go? Yeah. You said you wanted to answer this. Yeah, so this is actually a feng shui thing is if you have broken stuff, generally speaking, you want to repair it if you can. Mm. If Mm. you can't repair it, then you want to let it go. But Mm. I feel like this isn't a hard and fast rule because I have, Mm. Ted and I have this lamp, for example, that Mm -hmm. we love and it's this real cute lamp, but it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Like the only way to turn mm-hmm. it on is by turning the, the bulb mm-hmm. and to get it to turn on and to turn it off. You turn it left, lefty, loosey, righty, tighty. Mm-hmm. And that to me is easy. It still mm-hmm. works. It's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think some feng shui consultants would say that's bad feng shui. You shouldn't have that lamp. I mm-hmm. personally feel like in cases like that, it's a kind of case-by-case basis. Do you feel like this is making you go out of your way? Is it distracting you? Is it making you feel less prosperous, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Tap into that stuff. Mm-hmm. If it's like, like, I don't know, like what? maybe you have a toaster and only one side of the toaster toasts. And maybe mm. you only ever eat one piece of toast. But mm. if you sometimes want to make two pieces of toast – Probably you want to get a different toaster. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> just some mm-hmm. common sense stuff about it. Tuning in, it's just, you know, there's not a total across the board cookie cutter answer 
but generally speaking, do your best to repair it. I feel like this is a thing in my household because Brett would keep everything. Even no broken things? Oh, yes, definitely. What if they don't work at all? Um, He can fix it. It's but just mentality. not necessarily right this minute. Right. If ever. <laughs> it'll go in the... I can fix it and it'll go in the garage. He's probably... Uh, I, now listen, I... He feels maybe <laughs> judged by how I just said that. But I mean, I have a lot of... Like, I'm happy for him to fix things, but he doesn't have a lot of time for it. So mm-hmm. now he's gotten a lot better with this, too. Like, he'll be, I'll be like, are you really going to fix this? Right. And then he'll be like, okay, no. Or he yeah. will say yes, and I'll do it right now. Because, like, mm-hmm. if it's in front of. Um, but there is, he definitely would err on the side of, we're not going to throw this away because he's going to fix it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm like this with candles. Like, for instance, I have this Aquarius candle that the kittens knocked over and broke. And I'm just using it, even though most of the container of it is gone. Because but it still works as a candle? And yeah, like I mean, it, it doesn't, it, it drips off of the thing. You know, it won't contain itself anymore. So it, I have to put a plate under it now. Oh, well, I mean, if you like it, though, and it works, see, this is a good example. Mm -hmm. But that's interesting, Ted. I feel like if I I weren't here, Ted would never throw away food. Like, Mm. he just always wants to believe he's going to eat it still. Oh, that's interesting. Even if he doesn't know if it's still good. Like, he's like, oh, I don't know if it's still good. And I'm like, then are you definitely not going to eat it then? And then he he admits, yeah, no, I'm not going to eat it. And I throw it away. (laughs) Did he grow up with food scarcity? No. I think he doesn't like to waste things. It's that. It's like he would rather just not throw it away and think maybe I'll eat it (laughs) than to think, oh, this is, we're wasting money by throwing away this thing I never ate. Mm, Yeah. I think Brett has that, but not with. Although with food, he does do that, too. I'm like, can I throw this away? And he's, even though there's just like hardly anything left, like you'd have to really scrape the <laughs> barrel. But he's like, I'll eat it. And I'm like, OK. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, again, the situation is there's no such. I believe there's no such thing as bad luck or like, oh, you should. No, you're leaking energy. It's just if you don't like to look at it. Bro- this is actually my dilemma with a candle is I love it. And I love that it, I can still see that it says Aquarius, but I don't love that it's broken. Yeah, I mean, it does sound like maybe. So this is you just want to tune in. Like, mm-hmm. is this taking energy from me because I it bums me out? Or is yeah. it nourishing me because I like it? Yeah. So that's a good example of how to tune in with that. But I think... Also, what you brought up with Brett is also a good thing to consider is like, am I willing, if I can fix it, am Mm -hmm. I willing to fix it now? Like, or within the next two days? Yeah. If not, maybe just time to get rid of it. See, when I think about throwing the candle out, then I do feel like, oh, I feel bad throwing it out. So it's a dilemma. (laughs) And it's, you know, first world problems for sure. But... I'm going to keep it for now. I'll I'll keep you updated. Yeah, but in general, I mean, in general with all things that you own, mm-hmm. this is another way of getting clear on your 
quality of energy, like the subtle currents of yeah. energy. I mean, it's a good way to practice as you look at maybe like a coat you have in the closet and you, mm-hmm. you think, I haven't worn this in the whole time I've had it. Do I like it? Yes. Will I wear it? Does it make me feel? How does it make me feel? Does it give me energy? Does it drain energy from me? Mm-hmm. And if it drain is like to really honestly tune into that stuff. Yeah, I like that because even if you're like, I'm probably never going to wear it, but some for some reason it's giving me energy, then yeah. keep it. Yeah. I like that. All right. Well, that was it for our questions. If you would like to... um. Uh, what? Ask us a question. That's what. For another time, for another episode, please do. You can email us at magicmondaypodcast at gmail.com or you can ask on our website, Magic Money Podcast. There's a thing there that ask a, bu- a button. Ugh, I can't speak anymore. Anyway, or you can call us. We didn't have any phone calls. What? I know. Maybe it's because I calls. sing. Maybe it's because I sing it. I'm going to say it very straightforward. You can call us at 828-333-7181. I didn't sing it. That's going to do it. That is going to do it. Okay. Thank you. And you can find me at highestlighthealing.com. You can find us at magicmondaypodcast.com. And you can find Tess. At testwhitehurst.com. And all the other places you can find at those places. All right. Thanks, everyone. This is it. I want the result.